In this episode of Tim Talk, we begin our discussion about religious diversity and differences around the holidays. Welcome to Tim Talk. I'm Tim Dentry, President and CEO of Northern Light Health. I welcome you to join me for a frank discussion about racial, social, and medical justice. Our goal is to create a collective understanding of the issues that exist and find a better path forward. As we approach the end of year holidays, many of us have our own cultural and religious traditions that we embrace. Here in Maine, the Christian faith and other religions such as Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, and Buddhism, among others, are present in our communities and our workplaces. This is why discussing religious diversity ensures we are listening to and learning from others in ways that will make us a more inclusive healthcare community and more tuned in individually. Joining me now is Rabbi Dara Lerner from Congregation Bethel in Bangor, a Reformed Jewish congregation. Rabbi, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. This is such an important series of conversations that you're having. And my community is very deeply engaged in healthcare at Northern Lights and other places. So thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. So Rabbi Lerner, first of all, would you please outline the Jewish faith's traditions of the holiday season coming up, what many of us term the holiday season coming up, and the relative importance of Hanukkah in the calendar of holy days in Judaism? So to Jewish ears, you say the expression holiday season, and we actually think September, October, when the major Jewish holidays take place. We of course know that the holiday season we talk about now is December, Hanukkah, Christmas, and many others. Hanukkah on the Jewish calendar is actually technically a minor holiday. While it is a great family holiday, fun, gifts, from a religious perspective, it's minor. Its story is important. It is a story of a band of Maccabees who liberated Judaism historically, and then our tradition turned it into a celebration of the divine in history through the miracle of oil and lighting a lamp and the importance of light in a time of darkness. But the major Jewish holidays really, as you asked what's the significance of Hanukkah, the major holidays were back in September, October with Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Hanukkah gets a lot of, if you'll excuse the expression, street cred because it's so close to Christmas and we like the festive joining of light and celebration in December. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And now, as I reflect on the racial, social, and medical justice dialogue that we are engaging in in Northern Light through these podcasts and giving this challenging time in our country with COVID and other issues that can be divisive across our country, I wonder what would be an important message or lesson learned from the Jewish faith which would help the caregivers of Northern Light Health at this moment of time. And I'm thinking of last week when you and I spoke and you shared a perspective, a very personal perspective of women of valor was how I wrote that down. And I, I wonder if you would share that with our listeners in the context of facing tough times while standing up for what is just. Well, thanks for such a wonderful question. All of Jewish history, in a sense, can be seen almost as a training for this difficult moment in time, 
whether it's questions of COVID, whether it's about finding justice in our world, whether that's racial justice, social justice, gender equality, etc. Judaism's been a training ground. And what I mean by that is Judaism is an ethical monotheism, which means singular God, but engaged in doing good on a daily basis. And so every time there's a disruption in Jewish history, of which unfortunately there's been a lot, the story of the Maccabees we just talked about a moment ago briefly was an oppressor that overcame by the Maccabees as warriors. And then it's a Jason story of the oil is a story of human small miraculous experience. Find a small vial of oil, you make the very human intentioned act of trying to light it in spite of it not being enough. And that's the power of Jewish storytelling. And this holiday is that you have a little tiny vial of oil, who's gonna light it if you need it to last eight days, which it's supposed to have needed to be. You don't light it when you only have one day, but the resilience is to go ahead and do it anyway to try it, to work through it. So history, Jewish history is full of these stories of major destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, disrupting all of Jewish history. We lost our ability to pray as we used to. And along came a group that says, no, we have a new way of doing it. We take old ideas, old values, our connection to God and each other, and recreate it, including in our home. Which leads me to your comment about what we talked about, a woman of valor. That's part of Proverbs, and it's said on a Friday night. And it's conventionally understood as sort of a nice blessing over a woman on a Friday night. But what I always like to hear in that woman of valor is that it's Ashit Heil, woman, Heil, valor, which we do think of as a little strong, but in Hebrew is actually the same root as for somebody who soldiers on who's got fortitude and power in the world. And so while on the one hand, it seems nice, it's a pleasant series of things we say about a woman on a Friday night, it's also about, again, these really important themes right now of resilience, engaging in the world, power of home and family. So Judaism has all of these different ways it reinforces the same idea. So in this moment of COVID, in this moment of dealing with social justice, Judaism says, there are ethical ways to be and that we have the capacity by doing acts to make the world better. And the last little teaching I'll give you in this question is we call that big idea, tikkun olam, the obligation to repair the world. And that too is what all of these Jewish acts are about. As a little PS, that's part of why people, uh, so many people go into healthcare and education and social justice activities in our Jewish community because they're doing that repairing the world. And faith allows you to be resilient, gives you community as you go and do that work. Thanks for a great question. Thank you, Rabbi Lerner and Takuna Lam. I love that. And you know, I think our, our listeners, especially this time of COVID, when everyone talks about different degrees and different ways in which COVID fatigue presents itself, but in, in healthcare, it's like, yeah, and now the biggest rush and biggest rise of cases and biggest demands on our medical delivery abilities are the highest now as we're at our possibly our, our most challenge from a uh, fatigue point of view. And more is to come as we're getting into the fall and the winter. So to soldier on 
and to speak of the resilience. And I love how you said so many things there. Thank you so much. You tied together resilience and engaging in the world. And that, hopefully, our listeners, especially those that are caregivers, that are part of the Northern Light family, will really think of what does that mean to them of soldiering on resilience and engaging in the world. So that's, that's just one thing I wanted to, to let you know how that struck me very, very personally. I also love the uh, human, small, and miraculous experience. Those are the words that you said. That's really great. I send out a reflection every Friday to our sta- all of our colleagues, our 12,500 strong. And we talked about the true successes. And the true successes are those human, small, miraculous experiences of holding the hand of someone who's you know, having trouble breathing and, and, and seeing uh, hope in someone's eyes when maybe a patient has turned the corner and is back on the, the path to wellness. Those kinds of things, those are the true miraculous experiences in life, and we're trying to celebrate those. So that was, that was perfect. You know, also taking old ideas and rewriting that or reweaving it into what we do. That just reminded me of uh, some of my experience in, in healthcare. And it was in a, uh, a Catholic healthcare system. And one of the very strong women of valor that I was a mentor of mine, Sister Helen Amos was her name. And she started at the hospital where I'd been, where I was born, and where I started as a lab tech on weekends and then became the chief operating officer. And when she replaced a a real woman of valor, Sister Mary Thomas, who was CEO there for 34 years, Sister Helen Amos, I remember one of the first things that she said was, the keys to our future lie in our past. So that's a a variation on that theme, I think, of of taking prior ideas and, and really refreshing them in a new way going forward. Again, thank you for those incredibly thoughtful messages and answers and words that you shared and experience that you shared with us. I know you have questions you'd like to ask me. Yeah, I do. And thanks again for inviting me. So I have uh, two questions that are a little bit uh, related, but one is a little more, uh, a little, little smaller maybe question. So we've been talking about December and the upcoming holidays. But it's not just in December that we see a lot of seasonal decorations, which are in fact actually religious to some degree. And they can sometimes make people feel left out by faith or whatever reason. They may feel outside of the experience of those decorations because they don't reflect their lives. I was wondering, how can you address the impact that it has on people who don't share those particular stories, narratives, decorations at Northern Light Health? Great question. And you know, I think the overarching answer is that I want to make sure that as the leader of Northern Light Health, I want to make sure I'm always reinforcing a culture of inclusiveness that I'm always reinforcing a culture of viva la différence, you know, celebrating differences of viewpoints, of backgrounds, of religious faith, of of orientation, everything. To be more on the side of inclusivity, you know, as opposed to one is 
better or one is more pronounced or, or what have you. So that means a couple of things. It means bringing awareness to the forefront and bringing, bringing acknowledgement of the differences in people's traditions and lives. And, and um, with re- truly, though, I think once doing that, you also identify a common set of values. So I'll give you, again, a personal experience. So I was working and living in United Arab Emirates for six years just before I came here. And around Ramadan time, I thought, well, I'll, I'll make myself scarce as a Christian, I, I will allow them to do their celebrations. But no, every evening at sunset, after sunset, is the iftars, the breaking of the fast. So many common threads, obviously, between religions as well. And they would invite me, many of my Muslim friends would invite me to their, um, their iftars, their daily iftars. So probably four or five nights a week I was doing that for the better part of a month. So they brought me into their celebrations. And I learned so much and I learned about their culture and I learned about their values, their family values, their total love for the higher higher power, you know, and what they do. And so it gave me just such a better, more informed sense that we're all in this together and it's an inclusive kind of thing for sure. And, you know, even on the celebrating Christmas side of things, I would get more Christmas gifts and more Christmas celebrations and cards. To this day, I still get them from my, my Muslim friends because they're helping me celebrate Christmas. So, so back to your question, I think that I would love to make sure that, and especially through this kind of podcast, hopefully we're opening up some minds, that people will say, ah, there are some, some of our colleagues who are of the Jewish faith or are not celebrating Christmas the way that I do. I need to make sure that, that is, that's okay. And, it's, and we, we need to be open to that and bring individuals into our celebrations and, and acknowledge you know, where there are differences and acknowledge if they choose not to be brought into our celebrations. You know, that's fine too. I think sometimes in our society, it's, it's one, one faction is, has more than the other. And I just think that's, that's a no-win situation. Well, thank you. I, I do want to do a little shout out to you. One of the first times we ever met was a chaplaincy meeting, and we were coming up on, we were having a discussion about the upcoming uh, uh, Hanukkah, et cetera. And you uh, made sure that there was a Hanukkiah, which is the menorah for Hanukkah, available so that people in the building could see, reflect, et cetera, on it. And I just want to shout out to that very personal moment of the first time you and I met in a meeting and you made a transformation happen instantaneously. There wasn't a lot of thought or analysis. You just made it happen. And so thank you. Thank goodness for Amazon Prime. It was, it was delivered before the meeting was over. Thanks for reminding, reminding me of that. That was fun. Yeah, but it was but it was more important than the ability of Amazon was your um, your go to attitude, and so thank you. So my next question is a little bit related, but a little bit different. So living a engaged Jewish life is a year round commitment. It's about observances and holidays throughout the year, but also it impacts every part of a person's life, and that includes food choices, healthcare choices. So my sort of, if you will, bigger question is, how do you see being able to have an awareness and a support 
structure that makes Jewish staff, Jewish patients, visitors, etc., really on the radar, not just around holidays, but this is sort of an, if, almost, if you will, an institutional question. Yeah, great question. And first of all, again, we're trying to raise awareness and openness, but I'll give you an example of where I think it's exactly what you're talking about has been done well, and it's by our one hospital, Mercy Hospital in Portland, which has obviously had, you know, started in the prior pandemic of uh, 1918 by the Sisters of Mercy, and they came in to to, uh, Portland to take care of the, the sick then. But you know, then decades later, there was a physician, and his name was Dr. Harry Davis, and he was of the Jewish faith. And the Mercy Sisters said, you can practice here. And as I understand the story, a lot of other places weren't open to him practicing in that region, in the southern part of, of Maine. Dr. Harry Davis not only did, but he was beloved for decades. He was a leader among the medical staff, leader among the medical community in Portland and beyond. And right now there is a wing that has his name on the wing. And there's a beautiful statue that is, and his family has supported the organization to this day. And they made it possible that we could have the the wing named after Dr. Davis and have a statue and a, a beautiful story to talk about that. And the, the story goes on that the sisters, there were a hundred or so that attended his, his funeral. And they needed to get special approval uh, all the way from the Vatican to go into the temple. And so there's more to that where those that are true storytellers and really know more about what I just said can paint a more beautiful story than what I just described. But to me, that is a beautiful story. And that's one way in which a faith-based hospital of mercy which is now part of Northern Light, really celebrates Dr. Davis, who was of the Jewish faith. And we make sure that in the the mission components of all of our hospitals, but Mercy does the best job of that. And I think we're absolutely getting there at, at our largest hospital, Eastern Maine Medical Center. I think now there is so much more of uh, a true investment into religious diversity and acknowledging differences and and uh, making it a bringing together as opposed to one separate from the other. So I think we have a ways to go. You'll, we, we should never feel like we've got this down. We can check off a box. There's still more we can do. But I like the way we're heading with this at EMMC and to build off of the traditions that Mercy has brought. Well, thank you. And I encourage you. And I also invite future conversations to allow for ways that we can support the work that you're doing. Because again, uh, not just Judaism, but, but faith traditions are often long fingers into a person's life about, as I mentioned, everything from what people eat to how they make their medical and ethical choices. All of that impacts their healthcare as a patient, but also faculty and staff, patients, administrators, etc. So thank you. Terrific. Thank you. And so that will wrap up this episode of Tim Talk. Thank you, Rabbi Garner, for your insights. Thanks for having me. And I really appreciate this time and good luck going forward. And thank you to our listeners. 
Until next time, I'm Tim Dentry, encouraging you to listen and act to promote our culture of caring, diversity, and inclusion, caring for one another. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tim Talk. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to learn more about this subject, you can find additional information at northernlighthealth.org slash podcast. We welcome you to join us for our next podcast on December 3rd, when we will continue our discussion on religious diversity with Melissa Skayen, Vice President of Mission Integration at Northern Light Mercy Hospital.